there's been some news that just recently broke, and it's got a lot of people into a tizzy. The bail has been extended for Constable James Fursillo. This is the Toronto Police Constable that uh, shot and killed uh, Sammy Yatim. And uh, he is appealing his attempted murder conviction that was, uh, of course, brought about. Uh, July 20, in 2013, he shot Sammy Yatim, and it was, a, it was a fatal shooting, as you all know, on that TTC subway, or streetcar, rather. And um, so days before he was due to be jailed, uh, just uh, ahead of his appeal, um, he was to surrender to the uh, poli- the authorities and uh, to be put behind bars. That's not going to happen now. And here, Tasha Kiernan had Mike McCormick on the show, and she asked him if this was, you know, special treatment because he was a constable. Here is what Mike said. It's not that the police officer has that right or that this is just a right for police officers. So let's just be very clear that this is a right that every citizen has in this country of Canada. Priscilla enjoys the same rights that you, myself, everybody else has. It's not that there's any exception or anything. It is based on the law and a legal proceeding. So this would could happen to anybody if they meet a criteria where fresh evidence is being presented and the judge decides to extend the bail. Despite what Mike McCormick just said, there were a lot of AM640 listeners that disagreed. There is a certain type of law that you have to follow, and then there's preferential treatment given to whites, and then there's another preferential treatment on top of that that's given to police. Everyone should shut their mouths, stop talking like they know what they're talking about, and until they are themselves in a situation like the cop was, they can't say a word. And you know what, if the judge felt there was new evidence, good for him. The guy got off in bail. He shouldn't be in jail until he's convicted. He should not have gotten away with this. He should have spent the weekend in jail. And I know it's going to happen already with this. He's going to get off. I can't have an opinion on this because I don't have enough information. So I'm not a lawyer, but Joseph Newberger is. He is a Toronto criminal lawyer. You've heard him on various shows on AM640. He's in the know and he's on the show right now. How you doing, Joseph? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm good. So get us up to speed here. Uh, you know, uh, is this special treatment? No, it's not. Um, I agree uh, with uh, Mr. McCormick's comments. Uh, every uh, citizen who comes before an appeal has a, a chance at bail if they're granted bail and they're not a flight risk, and the bail has uh, significant merit. They receive the bail. And it's quite often at times that when you set the initial date due to additional evidence or other circumstances, a new date may have to be set. So it's not unusual at all. And what I can see in this case was the first phase of the appeal was an argument for fresh evidence uh, to be admitted at the uh, appeal, which is a special type of hearing because if you're trying to call fresh evidence, that has to uh, meet a certain threshold and legal test in order to be advanced at the appeal. And it looks like that was the first phase of the appeal and um, there needs to be now a uh, continuation of the appeal, which is not till uh, next year. I'm sure there are a lot of people scratching their heads because there were so many different angles of that shooting on the streetcar because so many people had iPhones yeah. out. Um, and, and, you know, I, uh, we wonder, what could that um, new evidence be? That hasn't been released yet. But what happens, Joe, when you introduce fresh evidence in an appeal? Well, um, so when if the defense feels that there was evidence that was not otherwise available for certain reasons at the trial, but now uh, has surfaced that would uh, give a different perspective or be relevant to the trial, you can then uh, apply to the Court of Appeal to have that fresh evidence as part of your appeal and to get it admitted. So this is the first phase. There's an actual legal test. You have to meet certain uh, thresholds. 
um, and that is a significant legal argument. If you uh, achieve that threshold, then that fresh evidence becomes part of the appeal. The Crown, who is the respondent on the appeal, has to have sufficient time to deal with that and then deal with it in their factum and materials. So this is, um, you know, a, a special type of circumstance, and it does happen in, in, in certain appeals where you try and advance um, uh, fresh evidence. So, so it, it's, it's a special legal test. So how long could this drag on then? Well, I think what we're looking at is April 2018, which is not unusual. Some appeals can take as much as 12 to 18 months to be heard. Uh, there was a lot of evidence. There was some, um, you know, to others, they may say it's not very complex because you see what you see on the video. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of issues to consider, a lot of issues. There were some pretrial rulings. There was a lot of issues for the, um, for the jury. And so um, th- this is not an insignificant appeal. It's a very significant appeal with some very complex issues. So it's in everybody's interest that sufficient time is given so that the appeal can be adequately prepared and argued and that the appeal panel will have the sufficient information before them in order to make a just decision. That's in all our interests. Why 72 hours before the, he was due to be uh, surrender himself? It's sort of a standard. I think it's like 70, 48 to 72 hours prior to the appeal being heard. Mm. You then surrender into custody, and you are in custody at the time that the appeal is being heard. So do you, I don't know if you have this on the, you know, tip of your tongue here, Joe, I may be setting you up here to fail, and I apologize if I am. Do you recall uh, uh, Constable Forsillo's bail conditions? Because I don't. I, I don't, but I mean, this was a gentleman who had roots within the community. There was no issue with the flight risk, and I think the bail was originally on consent. So, um, you know, for example, stay within the province of Ontario, mm. uh, you know, reside at a particular address. But I, I can't imagine that his bail conditions are so onerous because again this is a situation where he should be granted bail not because as a police officer but like other litigants who come before the court of appeal there may be sufficient evidence to establish that they are not a risk he has no prior criminal record he's not going to run away to brazil so really um, a reasonable bail is appropriate in these circumstances yeah, i know the toronto police department is going through this big transformation i i can't see how this is going the optics of Fursillo, even though it is his legal right and it's all on the up and up uh, you know, getting a bail extension could help their transformation, at least well, optically. Yeah, look, I, I understand because there are people who have a lot of misgivings about what any police service uh, is doing. And, you know, there is transition going on here in Toronto. But again, we should remember we do have a good police service. I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I do mm-hmm. a lot of work with them. By and large, you know, I've dealt with a lot of very uh, ethical and hardworking officers who do their best. Uh, there's always others who, you know, have questionable conduct, but it's the same as any profession. You can have that as lawyers, you can have that as doctors, you can have that anywhere. Not so, lawyers, Joe, come on. Oh my God, we are definitely not accepted from that. But you know, but in reality, it's important that we maintain these rights and that right. they'll be granted for anybody. And, and I mean anybody, whether they, where they come from, socioeconomic or racial background, we all need to be treated fairly uh, under the law. Joe, I really appreciate you uh, joining us and making sense of this. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much. Joseph Newberger, Toronto criminal lawyer, friend of the show, and uh, you hear him regularly on AM640. He's one of our legal analysts here on the show. Chris, I can see how people get really upset about things like this. You know, yesterday we were talking about, you know, Marco Muzzo and how he has, uh, you know, he's now in a minimum um, security facility as opposed to a maximum. And odds are he's going to be asking for those day passes in October. People look at, at things like this and they don't understand Uh, what's happening within the uh, legal realm. They're just looking at it at an emotional level. And you know what? I I get it. 
I understand why you would look at these stories and think, oh, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going into it with, you know, preconceptions about whether it is, you know, um, it, in the Muzo case, rich kid, rich guy. Sorry, stop calling him a kid. Um, and in this case, cop. You know, people come in with preconceptions about these kinds of people and uh, they assume that there's some something, some upper hand that they've got over everyone else.